Hello and welcome to Grief Unfiltered, a podcast about grief and how the fuck to handle it. I'm your host, Jamie Ailes. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time, welcome to the Grief Unfiltered community. This is a podcast with real people, real stories about loss and grief and how they deal with it every day. It's an interview-based podcast where I've gotten to meet some awesome people being about 15 episodes in, and I've also got to meet some awesome listeners as well. I was talking to Kanisha, who's my guest today, just about how strong and amazing the grief community is on Instagram. That's I just have an Instagram right now. Hopefully I'll venture into the Facebook world soon, but I've just met so many awesome people who have DM'd me and I've gotten to hear their stories and I've learned a lot from them and I just really appreciate everyone that's listening, that's in that grief community, even if you're not a part, you know, you don't listen to this podcast, but just all the people I've connected with on Instagram, it's really been something I did not expect and I was kind of blown away with how strong the grief community is online. And I'm like, oh my God, I wish I knew about this. And my mom first died. Like I could have used y'all, but better late than never. You know, my guest today is Kanisha. She is a spiritual coach. She has dedicated her time to helping others deal with loss and just show them that life after loss is a thing. Kanisha opens up about her, the loss of her father when she was 12 years old and then the loss of her mom when she was 21 making her an orphan when she was trying to graduate college. Kanisha is very open and honest about the struggle with the church and her faith that she had during those dark times and just the internal struggles she went through as well and the journey that she has gone through to get to the beautiful place she is now. Um, You'll hear me reference this in our conversation, but Kanisha is such a bright light and just a beautiful soul. I could already tell that through Zoom and someone I really enjoyed getting to know yesterday. And I'm, you know, was shocked to hear some of the dark things that she went through because she has such a bright personality. It just shows that you really never know what someone is going through. Kanisha and I get into the ugly truth about grief and just some of the things that you don't want to admit that you think, but you definitely think. Um, And her great advice on how to get through grief. You know, she talks about celebrating small wins and just what has really helped her get through year to year. We also go through something that I love to talk about, just hard days and what um, holidays are like once you're grieving the loss of someone or someone's in her case. You know, certain holidays can be triggers for people and especially, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day for if you've lost a parent or if you've lost a child or a spouse. I know those days are super tough and I always say stay off social media, especially on those days. But we go into also setting boundaries and just knowing what works for you when you're grieving and during your grief journey. So I'm so grateful for Kanisha being so open and just such a light and such a great resource for dealing with grief. I will have her Instagram page, her website, and all the, her YouTube page in the show notes. She does some awesome YouTube videos and she has her two for Tuesdays, which is a video she does on Instagram, just kind of focusing on two things, whether, whether it's motivation and grief or just little life lessons and positive thoughts to get you through a day. So it was awesome meeting Kanisha. I know y'all are going to enjoy this conversation. It's hilarious sometimes and we definitely get very unfiltered as I would say. So without further ado, let's welcome Kanisha to the podcast. Thank you, Kanisha, for being here. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. 
I would love to hear your story. We connected on Instagram, which as y'all know, I love connecting with people on Instagram and it's been such an awesome community, like the grief community, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) And so I would love to hear your story and kind of also hear the journey of how you got your Instagram page and your, you said you dedicate your life to helping people find life after loss. So if you don't mind kind of going into all that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, in order to get to where I am now, you've got to start in the beginning. And so my grief experience and journey all began at the age of 12 when I first lost my father to a brain aneurysm. Um, He was a police officer and it literally just happened subtly. Every year they have to go through annual trainings and it was a Wednesday and I got pulled out of school to be told that he was rushed to the hospital. Um, literally from Wednesday to Saturday, he had a um, heart attack, a, um, a stroke, was paralyzed on one side, and by Saturday morning, he was pronounced brain dead. So um, that was my first experience with grief. I was a daddy's girl. You know, my, fa- my, my parents had um, divorced at this time, and so I had even chose to live with my dad. So it shook my world to go back to my house now, and it's like, my dad's not here. Um, this is actually the first time that I, you know, my, my life really didn't feel like worth living. Now, I can kind of chuckle about it now, and I tried to, you know, cut my wrist with a butter knife, you know, really wasn't going to be too successful out of that, but you're 12 and you're just harboring a lot of pain inside. And my family, you know, at the time didn't really know what to do. So I ended up acting out and, you know, not doing well in school, but they did put me in therapy. And this is where I first was introduced to art therapy and um, coloring and using prompts and journaling. And so doing all of that allowed me to finally pull out of that space and to um, begin my healing. Um, After that, of course, I I moved and lived with my mom um, until college. And so I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised. And so after I graduated high school, I was leaving to go to the University of Kentucky about an hour away. And literally my first year is when I first, um, when my mom was first diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Mm. I am an only child. So it's just she and I, um, you know, we are each other's world. And so here I am turned into the role of a caregiver at 18, 19 years old. So I'm up and down the highway, you know, one to be at her appointments, take care of her, be by her side, of course. Right. Um, so I'm doing all of this stuff and my grades are failing. Like I'm not going to class. Uh, if I got an exam, but it's like a, a, you know, chemo day for her. I'm like, bump it. I'm not going. So I struggled, um, obviously, in college, and at that time, I was studying to become an athletic trainer. So I was also a trainer for some of the different sports teams at UK. Um, But in 2007 is when it came back for the last time. It metastasized to her brain and then to her lungs, which subsequently, July 13th of 2007, my mom passed away. And so Mm. here I am at 21 years old, declared an orphan. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And in that space, you know, it's like, I haven't graduated. I'm not married, no kids. I haven't done anything. You know, it's like, what's my purpose? Like, why am I even still here? And so I attempted to 
try to get back to that new normal. You know, that's what they call it in grief. Um, adjust to a new normal, but I had one month to do that after she passed. And so, you know, in August, I go back to school and I go right back into a full schedule. So that's full-time student. Um, I was an athletic trainer for the women's basketball team. I was a new sorority member. And I was still holding on to a part-time job because I was trying to make a little money while my mom was sick. And all of this stuff together was just a lot. And so- a lot. Yeah, so it was a lot. It was a lot. You know, she, you know, she couldn't work and I had my own apartment and things. So I took it upon myself to have a part-time job, you know, while she was still living. But then I tried to maintain all of that, you know, after she died. And so I know that I entered into life way too soon. And that's like one of the number one things that I will tell anybody, like, you've got to give yourself some space and some time Um, because I did not. I went right back into a full schedule And so it was Labor Day weekend. And I said to my supervisor, I said, look, I just want to go home. I want to see my family. You know, I haven't seen them in probably a month. You know, it's a weekend. It's a holiday. Can I take the long weekend? And they told me no. She said, I'm sorry. No, the team needs you. You need to be here. And it was that day that I literally took the keys off of my key ring. And I said, this is my last day of training. And I walked out. And I drove home to Louisville and I stopped and picked up a bottle of pills and I went to, I was living with my aunt and I took a bottle of pills with some alcohol and I hope that I did not wake up. I texted my boyfriend at the time and said, I love you, but I can't. I turned off my phone and I was just ready to be done with it because the grief was so much. And I literally was just asking for one thing. I just needed some time. I just needed three days to go home and see my family and you told me no. So, um, from that experience, you know, thankfully I'm here and that's nothing but the grace of God that I'm here. Um, but you know, through my boyfriend telling my, uh, my best friend and calling her mom and all this stuff happened. Um, I ended up at a mental institution. And so, um, yeah, I spent about four days there, but in all honesty, now that's, you know, it's passed. Um, it was life-changing. It was transformational almost had to happen um, because, and that's another, you know, tidbit of wisdom, you know, even though what we're going through feels like the end of the world and it's like just bad and it's like, damn, when am I ever going to get through this? There is somebody else in this world who has got it worse than you. And I want to say I had a roommate and I want to say she was like a rape victim. And I mean, she had a whole bunch of stuff going on and I was like, dang, I mean, I know it's like really, really tough over here. And I'm like, really don't have my parents, but I'm not dealing with that. (laughs) So so, like that kind of gave me a perspective shift. Like, okay, maybe you just need to get some help. Maybe we can just, you know, get through this. And again, this is when art therapy and journaling and all of these things, these tools came back up for me again. And so, um, and it was also when I was able to like tap back into my faith. Um, being my foundation because before then I was like bump this whatever I'm gonna do what I want to do but that experience it that experience itself hands down um, you know gave me perspective like okay you know what somebody else has it worse than you so let's you know try to figure out what we can do to help you get better and from there you know things have gotten better Um, I can't say that life has been perfect I have had my own struggles outside of this you know I'm a mom now so it's tough. I have a daughter. I did not want a daughter because I was just fearful of trying to raise a daughter, not having my mom. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. that was tough. You know, I got married without my parents. So that was tough. Um, I've had, you know, some career advances and, you know, they're not here to celebrate. Um, but I've reached this point to where, you know, I feel like it's time to help others. And on the other side, so I ended up getting a degree in sports administration. And um, when I, tra- well, I transferred schools after that whole suicide attempt and things, I had to move back home. Like, even though it was an hour away, it was just important for me to get closer to my grandparents and be with them. Good for you for knowing that, though. Yeah. I had to, because I was like, I'm going to go through this again. You know, I had sorority sisters and friends in college, but they don't know. And they're still partying and having fun. They don't know anything about supporting yeah. So, um, you know, I did the unthinkable and I, I transferred schools and, you know, if you know anything about Kentucky and Louisville, there's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I transferred to the rival school, but I would never confess that. <laughs> um, but when I transferred, um, you know, I, I wanted to stick with athletic training cause I love medicine and I love sports, but they told me because of all the classes that I um, all the classes that I had failed, that it was going to take me almost, almost three years to make that up, to get out. And I said, I mentally do not have three years. I can't. Yeah. What can we do? And they said, well, you should consider sports administration. We can get you out in a year and a half. And I said, I can do that. And with that year and a half, it, it included a, um, a internship semester. And so I didn't want to do it in Louisville. I said, you know, Seasonal grief, um, sorry, seasonal depression is a real thing. So during the winter months, it gets dark and gloomy and just all of that wow. together just messes with your mental. And so I, um, I said, okay, I want to try to get my internship away from here. And a long story short, I ended up getting an internship with the Orange Bowl, which is the football game in Miami. Mm-hmm. And so I'd never been to Miami, but on faith, I packed up my car and I moved Aww. to South Florida for five months and that was the start of my career. I was able to do the Orange Bowl game and the national championship network, met people. So after I graduated, I moved down here and I've pretty much been in Miami ever since. Um, my family and I, we did leave and go to Atlanta for three years from 2015 to 2018. But we came back to South Florida because my husband's also um, in sports, he coaches, well, he was coaching um, college basketball, and I just wrapped up the Super Bowl. So, oh my God. I yeah. <laughs> that was in yeah. Miami. Yep. So, I was the manager of volunteers, um, managing 10,000 people for Super Bowl here. So, so I say I've had a great career, but you know, I have them to share it with. But in this season, in this COVID season, um, I was laid off in May. I had started oh. a new job. In March and in May I was laid off and so I'm still laid off haven't found anything else I mean sports is barely coming back yeah you know it's not even at full capacity have no idea what football season's getting ready to look like so I'm not working at all and I've just taken this time to say okay you know what there's like 150,000 people that are grieving right now because of the loss of COVID you know there's people who can use your testimony and would love to hear your story about how you've been able to overcome the last 13 years without your parents. And that's really how my platform has shifted to what I'm doing now and has brought me to you. (laughs) Yes. And just so y'all know, Kanisha and I just talk are talking for the first time, obviously. And I'm like in shock from your story because I knew a little bit about it, but your Instagram page, like, and you're such a ray of light and so like positive. 
And so when you say all that, I'm like, what? That is not the same person. I know, right? <laughs> you just never know what someone's gone through in their journey to get where they're at today. But thank yeah. you for, I was just going to say, thank you for sharing that. And like, like you said, you're for sure helping people. <laughs> sure. I'm trying, you know, it's funny. It's, it's funny, weird all at the same time. It's like, people want to hear all the transparent stuff. And it's like, I've been reserved and like, I'll give you bits and pieces, but it's like the more I tell, it's like, tell me more. And I'm like, really? You, you really want to know? <laughs> then what you do? No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm nothing special. I'm just out here just winging it. <laughs> yeah. But still you're in a positive place and you've gone through a lot. Um, before I jump into like more questions about grief, yeah. can you kind of go over your page? It's just at Kanisha Nichelle, correct? Yep. At Kanisha Nichelle. So Nichelle was my mom's middle name. She gave it to me oh. and then I gave it to my daughter. So I'm kind of holding on to the Nichelle. Love that. And it's where people can go to connect with you. I know you do YouTube videos and like Instagram videos as well, just about grief and um, not positivity, but grief and like kind of getting through it and advice. Grief and and motivation. Um, Because it's like I've overcome a lot of different stuff. And it's like a lot of the stuff I talk about is applicable to, you know, if you're just having a bad day or just a tough time, like everybody's going through something in 2020. Like this year has just been the worst. And there's not anybody on this planet that's not experiencing something because of this pandemic and COVID. And so I'm just, you know, I'll, you know, you know, do a picture or something and just talk about how, you know, you can use whatever you're going through to get to the other side. Like if I can do it, I'm, I promise you, you can too. Mm. So I know one thing and you're wearing a cross necklace. So I have to ask about the faith of it all. When you say you reconnected your faith after your suicide attempt, how long were you kind of not in touch with your faith or with God? Was it a long break from the church or how did that, you know, how did that distance happen? Um, that's a good question. Um, I know right after when my mom passed, like I went to church the next, well, not the next day, but that next Sunday, you know, I was there, I was still holding on. Like I, it hadn't quite hit yet. Mm -hmm. And then when it did, it was straight anger. Like, you know, you can't be the God of all things. And then you're going to just take my parents. Like, who are you? <laughs> you know, that's what I was feeling. And so I, I ran for a while. I wasn't praying. I wasn't going to church. Don't, I don't turn on no gospel music. I don't want to hear it. You know, I got into that space. And then I think that's what the downward spiral went to me getting to the thought, like, you know what? The, if, if God's going to do this, then why am I even living? Like, wow. So I think all of that together is like circled me all the way down to the fact where I was like, okay, you know what, let's just go ahead and check out. Um, but like I said, when I got to the institution, they didn't really preach about like God or anything there, but it was my family, of course. And so mm. they hadn't wavered. So they're the ones that are still praying for me. And they're the ones who are still you know, imparting scriptures. I mean, it's not like I drew a blank and forgot, you know, scriptures and things. Obviously, when they start talking about it, it comes back to me and slowly bit by bit, you know, it was coming back. Um, but I would say if I had to put a time frame on it, I would say at least a couple of months for sure. Um, like I said, she died in July, went back to school in August. And 
uh, the suicide attempt was right around Labor Day weekend. Not to mention, um, my uncle was killed in a motor vehicle accident the week before my mom passed. So the, the, his wake was the same night that I felt like she was going to transition. Mm. So it was a lot happening then. And then um, my grandfather, who I was super close with, passed away almost immediately after my mom. So it was like three major deaths within two months and going back into a new normal, you know, had our house was foreclosed on, had to move out of it. Just, it was so much in one time. I'm 21. Like, yo, you can't put all of this on me. Like, who are you to put all of this on me? And I think that's where my, my faith was completely broken. Yeah. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause I, I'm not a similar experience when my mom passed away that year was just crazy. And like, you think of like what you've been through and now I'm like, dude, I can get through anything. Like I'm, you know, like a year that you've had like that, you're like, bring it on. Like I'll, I'll be fine. Like 2020, like <laughs> I mean, nobody's passed away, you know, thank God. But 2020 has been shown up rough. And I'm like, is this 07 again? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And then I don't know if you know this, but my mom passed away from cancer as well. So I totally relate on the whole. And when did she pass? She passed away in 2016. So it's been about a little over four years and she battled it for five years. So it was started breast cancer, then it spread. So very similar to yours. Did she do a mastectomy? Yes. 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 She did. Yeah. That's interesting for me to hear. Because my mom chose not to. Um, I was like, is that bad? Now, I, I know the reason why. <laughs> she wasn't remarried and she was like, I want to keep them because I'm not remarried. I'm like, child, nobody's that. <laughs> But that's interesting because I have often said that maybe she would have, maybe she lived longer, maybe she would have lived, period, had she done the mastectomy. But to hear that your mom did it and unfortunately she didn't. Yeah. I'm not. I haven't dug any, you know, information, but this is interesting to hear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it's like, whatever. But the homosexuality thing is crazy. Like, I don't know. I didn't know this. So if I sound stupid, but like, I don't, didn't know they take your nipple too. Like it was like nothing. Well, yeah. So I have a grandmother, my, my paternal grandmother, she did a mastectomy. Um, so, I mean, she passed away from other stuff, but she did a full mastectomy. But this was also like years ago where I think doctors and stuff were better back then. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. But yeah, I just wanted to connect um, on that. I love a cancer yeah. story. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's a unique journey. Um, so when you lost your father when you were 12 and then your mother at 21, was it... It's, I already feel like I'm answering this question. It sounds like your grief was different for each loss, but were you kind of like, here we go again? I know what to expect. Or were you in a totally different, it's like you can't compare grief with different people kind of thing. Um, definitely not. Here we go again. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I was older. So I, that's a good question. Um, I was older for sure. I felt like I had to be a little bit stronger. Um, cause my grandmother, you know, 
was a basket case. So I felt like I had to be strong for her. (laughs) (laughs) I relate on that. (laughs) So it's like, I had to do that. And then of course it was, it was, um, unexpected. So my mom didn't have like anything prepared. You know, I didn't do, I was there like with the plan, like the arrangements and stuff for my dad, but I didn't make any decisions. I was there. Yeah. With, for my mom, like I was the voice. I made the decisions. I mean, we kind of did it together, but for real, I did it. Um, so I think I had to step up in a way that I didn't want to, but I had no choice because it's like, exactly. otherwise, how is she, she going to get in the ground? So yeah. um, definitely not the same, you know, but I, I mean, equal love for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Equal love, hands down. Um, I actually, because I knew that death was approaching, um, it was her last mother's day of 2007. And I, long story short, I threw her a party for mother's day, a pink party, because I just wanted to celebrate her life and, you know, gather friends and family around and she was completely surprised. And so, you know, it's just kind of one of those, and maybe you can relate to this too. You so you can feel death coming and as it's so weird and it's like you can you watch the decline and it's like you've been hopeful but it's like I don't know this time it's a little different yes yes a hundred and a thousand and a trillion okay percent. yes it's a little different it feels a little different this time like I said her cancer came back three times and no time before then I was like ah she's hearing that like I didn't have that but it was like this time it was just it was just something eerie different. And so I was adamant about like literally pulling a party together because I just wanted to do something. And I'm so grateful and thankful I did because two months later she was gone. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I felt that I remember my mom did like radiation. She did chemo when it, cause she was in remission and then it came back. Yep. Um, and I remember it was like a huge appointment. Like we were getting the test results and it was like, okay, she's been fighting and working so hard to like shrink the cancer and the cancer like got worse. And there was that moment that you're like, like, that's a call I'll never forget. Cause it was like, holy shit, if we've done this much and it's not doing anything like, right. Right. Where do you go from here? Like she, it's not fair for her. Like you said that you watching the body just like decline is like, oh, cancer is very unique. But I will say, and this is kind of the characteristic that I'm pulling from, and perhaps that's what I'm exhibiting, but my mom had crazy faith. And, I, you know, she would do some weird stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I example, like, you know, the infomercials that come on, like, real late at yeah. night, and it's like, I don't have a bottle of water, but it's like, if you buy this bottle of water, it will heal you. Well, she was buying all kinds of stuff. I'm like, girl, <laughs> she's like, no, because it's going to work. It's going to And I'm like, oh, that's, uh, uh, you got that kind of thing. Did you believe that this man at two o'clock in the morning will <laughs> heal you with this tap water? Um, but all in all, man, she had crazy, crazy, crazy faith, you know, that's even awesome. to, um, even when her mind started going a little bit, you know, she could still remember her favorite scriptures and things. So, wow, I, yeah, it, she couldn't remember a whole lot, but she knows um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding, you know? So it's like, she remembered that, but yet, you know, with 
say something about the dog in the room and I'm like we're in the hospital the dog's not here but Mm -hmm. so um yeah try to tap into that now for sure good for you what else do you kind of I always ask people like what did you learn from your loved one what else do you kind of carry on from your mom or your dad is there traditions you have is there like certain traits you think you have from them like I want to hear kind of (laughs) how you've carried on their legacies um so I definitely have my, well, I have mixed personality, but I think I have a little more of my dad's personality. He was very stern, very strict, you know, he's a police officer. So, you know, it's like real sharp. And I, I exude that with my daughter. Um, but I can also be a little, I can be soft too. Um, but I think I'm a good balance of both of them when it comes to personality. But I think my love for people definitely comes from my mom. Um, anytime I post a picture or something like that, you know, there'll be a flood of comments of, you know, people from the past, you know, who remember her, of course, and like, oh, I just remember your mom's kind spirit and, oh, she was so soft. And so I, I think that's why I kind of do the work that I do, um, you know, working with volunteers and just working with people. I, I just genuinely enjoy wow. talking to people. Um, you know, even in volunteer world, you know, you got to hear people's problems and stories and all that kind of stuff because it's like you're not on the clock. So <laughs> I'm kind of obligated to listen to yeah. what happened to your sister and her foot. But um, I think my love for people and just wanting to help people comes from her for sure. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Um, what is something if you what advice could you give someone? Cause like I said earlier, you've gone through a crazy journey, very unique story. I feel like you don't hear about a lot of people that have lost both parents, especially one when they were 12 years old. So if you're, if someone's listening that is out there and they're feeling alone, they're feeling in that spot that you were in when you lost your mom or you lost your dad, what advice could you give that person just to, you know, even if it's get through the day? Um, so I actually talked about this um, on Tuesday. I've been doing a two for Tuesday kind of yeah. grief and motivation talk. Um, so I shared, you have to celebrate small wins. And what I mean by that is, I mean, it could be the smallest thing. You know, when you're going through this journey, there are, there was days upon days where I'm like, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not taking a shower. I don't care. Whatever. Don't you open them blinds. I don't want to see the sunshine. <laughs> But if you are able to, okay, if that's one day, which is fine, it's completely normal. But if the next day is like, okay, you know what? Instead of being in the bed, I'm going to hang out on the couch. I must, you need to celebrate that mm-hmm. because you were able to get up and to move, right? You know, if you didn't shower one day and you actually took a bath the next day, that's a small win, right? Or if you were able to look at a picture and, you know, not cry your way through it, small wins, You've mm-hmm. got to celebrate yourself. It's about making progress because if you don't feel like you're making progress and if you can't see that, then it's like this is a never ending tunnel that I, I can't see the end of it. You know, when is it going to be over? So I would encourage anyone to, for one, definitely just small celebrate the small things that you can do. If you, you know, we all have been in that space where we lose our appetite and we don't want to eat. I always tell you or tell people to eat fruit. You know, something simple, but it has sugar in it. It's going to keep your blood sugar levels up so you don't pass out and end up in the hospital and then be in more pain mm-hmm. than what you're already in. Um, so eating, little small things. Make sure you keep a bottle of water by the side of your bed. Something that I used to do with my grandmother, you know, when she was, her health was failing. 
was that um, during, like if you're watching a show, not a movie, but a show, commercials. At commercials, take a sip of water. So that way you're always just keeping something in you because our body needs it. So just little things like that, just little reminders. It doesn't have to be big things. Like you don't have to go out and, you know, conquer the world. But if you can feel yourself making some kind of progress, some type of effort, then you're going to feel like you're getting somewhere. That's how I feel with, I obviously with this podcast, I talk to a lot of people who have lost people. And I mean, I'm about four and a half years in. You are, I can't do math with your mom. I say 13. Okay. (laughs) 13 years in, longer with your dad, obviously. (laughs) But I'll talk to people that are like six months in and they're like, I'm starting a podcast about grief or I'm starting (laughs) an Instagram about grief or I'm involved in this foundation I'm helping run now about that. And I'm like, you got to be patient with your journey. I feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, but I also don't want someone to have a panic attack in three months because they put too much on their plate and they didn't handle their grief. Jamie, thank you. (laughs) Now (laughs) I will be honest. And I I have celebrated a lot of people who have decided to um, use their pain for positive. And I've told them straight up. I'm like, that wasn't me. I, I couldn't, I didn't want to talk about yeah. it. Don't ask me nothing about it. Like, no, my parents ain't here and that's it. So I celebrate anybody who has the strength to be able to do it in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it is a process. It's a journey it takes time. I personally think that my journey was longer because I was younger. Oh, um, yeah. And I could be wrong. I don't know. I, obviously everybody's journey is different, but I'm I say it took me 10 years to get to the point to where I was truly comfortable. You know, 2017 is when I became comfortable because that was the 10 year mark for her. And I was just like, I was ready to do something different. Like I was tired of the depression and I was tired of all of the feelings of just, you know, her anniversary approaching. So that's when I made an intentional shift. But I think I probably could have gotten through sooner, but I just chose not to. It was just something I just didn't talk about. So everybody's journey is different, but yes, I completely, completely agree that if this is, you know, if you're six months in, I will slow down just a little bit yeah. because you haven't gone through your first yet, your first everything. The holiday season is approaching. You have not gone through mm-hmm. what that is. I still despise Christmas. I am out here preaching and helping everybody, but I need to be helping myself because I hate Christmas. I'm still not there yet. Maybe this year because I'm in this space. I don't know. We'll see. But like you haven't gone through all of the first yet. And so you are not in a position to be able to help somebody else if you have not even experienced everything that comes with this. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't like put that pressure on myself, but at the beginning I was always, I felt, I felt like, oh my God, well, I see the run for so-and-so and and the pink ribbon, like I was like, am I supposed to be doing that? And then I'm like, how do people do all this stuff? Like, I don't have the time for this. Did you ever go do other like, um, like, um, breast cancer walks and stuff? No, sorry. Good. No, no. <laughs> I tried to do one and I got angry. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I really was not feeling the survivors. I'm like, that's cute. I know. Oh my God. I, and this, I would only say on this podcast because it makes me sound like an asshole, but I watch those commercials. They're like, I survived this. I survived that. I'm like, must be fucking nice. Cause my mom did it. But you want a cookie? Do you, would you like a prize? 
Cause ma'am, <laughs> good for you. Go to hell. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, I wish my mom was on this commercial. Like I just want to like okay, throw stuff you. at it. I've never been able to say that. Jamie, you are all right with me. I've never been able to say this. <laughs> I'm that person just giving them the side eye, like on the TV. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I know, and I can make, like, my friends pretty uncomfortable sometimes, but whatever. I don't care. Um, they probably haven't been here, and that's why. I know. <laughs> Tell them uh, where these shoes. <laughs> I, amen. Uh, but I'm also, I'm not, like, trying to bring up myself, but I'm just trying to relate. My, oh my when my mom passed away, my dad is not in the picture, and so I feel you on, like, you know, you're trying to take care of your grandma, and you're trying to help and get everything, and house stuff though it's crazy it's a lot one thing I want to ask you about when you started your page what can you just kind of go into why you started it and what maybe the future where you see it in five years as well because like I said and you already said you have your two for Tuesdays you have your YouTubes you sell your coloring books like this is like a lot this is having momentum where do you kind of see it going moving forward so i've always had a page i've had an instagram page i years yeah. um it was just now that i've shifted and i'll let me back up um so like i said in 2017 is when i was tired and i was ready to do something different and so in that moment i i boldly and just clearly i said okay lord you took my parents away from me at 21. You had to do it for a reason. I didn't sign mm -hmm. up for this. I didn't sign. I didn't put my name down and volunteer. Why did you do this? Now, here's what's funny. The answer I heard different from what it is now. So in that moment, I heard, I want you to be in the position to help others be a caregiver. So I started a nonprofit and I ran with it and I still have it. It's been on the back burner, but I started a nonprofit called Season of Hope because to everything there is a season. You know, mm -hmm. you're, they're, you're up, you're down, you know, you're crying, you're joyful. Everything is a season. Nothing lasts, you know, the same. And so I started a nonprofit and because I, you know, work events and put on events, I started doing free caregiver brunches and I did it in Ooh. Louisville. Yeah, it was cool. That's cool. <laughs> So it was just a day for caregivers to get out because as you know, taking care of your mom, that you can be consumed and it wraps up your world. And it's like, okay, what about me? Like, I'm still a person, you know, can I still get my hair done? Can I get a mani-pedi? Can I go and hang out with my friends or, or is everything about me now taking care of my loved one? Yeah. And so I wanted to create this space where caregivers could just push back and say, Hey, look, I'm going to take four hours. I'm going to go to this brunch and I was doing free, well, giving free massages. Um, there was a, <laughs> there was a um, um, shopping, what did I call it? I'm drawing a blank. Um, well, you know, vendors would set up. So I had vendors that would come. So if you, you know, so makeup or jewelry or whatever, if you wanted to purchase something for yourself and make yourself feel good because you can't get out to the mall. So there was opportunities for doing vendor shopping. And then there was a speaker panel with um, financial literacy, uh, mental health, and um, estate planning, getting all the business side together. So for these Cute. four hours, yeah. So for these four hours, you know, this person could 
leave, can come to a space, connect with other people, just how you and I, you know, we can chuckle and giggle over our shared experiences. You were able to do that with other caregivers because you're talking to your friend and she's not a caregiver and you say stuff like, I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm sick and fed up with my mom. They don't understand it, but you can get in this safe space where you can say that and somebody's going to high five you and say, I agree. Mm -hmm. So I I was doing, (laughs) so I was doing these brunches and it was great until I got hired with the Super Bowl. And then, well, it's less than a year to put on the game. And all of 2019, I wasn't able to do my brunches like I did in 2018. So it kind of took a backseat. And I also just kind of felt that, you know, I can talk to caregiving, but there's still a technical piece to it. Because like, I'm Mm -hmm. in a lot of caregiver groups on Facebook and people are talking about, um, you know, my, my dad peed on himself and the catheter came out and how do I clean this? And I'm like, I don't know that stuff. I didn't. So a lot of that technical stuff, I just was not comfortable in. And I don't know, I never experienced that. So I just didn't feel like, you know, I could still hold on to this space, but because of this pandemic and because of being laid off, I enrolled into a speaker's course because I know that I want to be a speaker and, and share and give good information. 10 minutes into this uh, boot camp, you know, they literally said, you know, what is that one subject matter that is you, you know, that you could talk about? You don't have to Google, you know, you know it like the back of your hand. And I'm like, parent loss. I mean, I've done this for 13 years now. It's yeah. like, and literally that weekend in May completely transformed and brought me to where I am now. So my page, like I had to do a lead in cause I'd been talking about you know, all of my sports stuff, of course, and kind of the caregiver stuff, but I had to like massage and tell like my friends and other people that were following me like, Hey, look, all this is getting ready to change. I'm getting ready to take mm-hmm. off. I'm getting ready to go full force. Cause I think this is it. I have been putting this off for a long time. I have been running from this for a while because I'm like nobody cares it's my story but hearing that in that speaker's course and then watching these deaths just rise and rise and rise with COVID I'm like I have to I would be disobedient if I don't yeah and so that's where the shift happened and here we are so yeah I mean I the the books literally just came from me saying okay what can I help people with now you know, it's still going to take some structure to do other things. And I'll answer your question. Where do I see the future? I'm like, well, what is that thing that I can, you know, give of me now? And I just reflected on what was the piece of information that helped me the most when I was going through and it was art therapy. And it was like, you know, it's fun. You kind of don't realize this therapy where you're doing it, but it's a great technique that will help you, you know, slowly but surely it's not going to the end all be all. But it's a a starting point to where you are to get you to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And so affirmations, drawing, and then the journal prompts is what I started with. And so, yeah. Yeah. I And everything, y'all, I'm going to link everything in the show notes if you're interested in buying anything. And then finding um, her page is awesome. And I watched a few of your two for Tuesday. I love it. It's, um. not confidence. Why am I like messing up all these words? Is it confidence and grief? Your two for Tuesdays or does it change? Oh, I just do different ones. Um, so yeah. So two for Tuesday, grief and motivation talk. Motivation. That's the word. (laughs) Yeah. They all, Um, they all change every week, but yeah. Okay. And then where do you see your page going? Ooh, that's a great question. Or just you Um, going. 
me going. <laughs> well, I'm in a unique spot. You know, yeah. I I am I'm kind of in a tug of war with my spirit as far as um, am I going back into sports? Am I gonna get another job in sports? Um, or is this kind of like my new path? I, I honestly I don't know. You know, I, of course I still job search and I still look out there and um, but like. I, I put my name in the hat for a position and, you know, just got told back that, you know, because of everything, they're kind of on hold. And it's like, okay, can you, I'm not mad at all, but it's like, all right, you know that you're supposed to be like going all in with mm-hmm. this, you know, grief and loss. And so um, from here, I, on this side, I do see myself as becoming a, um, a speaker for sure in this area. I would love to you know, once we can get outside and play again, um, be on a stage and, you know, just to share motivation and inspiration um, to this community and to, you know, anyone in that area, for sure. I do, I am working on, or at least thinking through some type of recovery program, because um, there's a lot of support groups, which are cool, but I just think that it takes a little bit more to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think it, it's having passion, being passionate about something. Um, you know, this sports thing, being in arenas and stadiums on game day, it's a feeling like no other. And it's one of those spaces where I've, I've gone all in a, to, to literally just packing up and moving because it meant that much. Wow. Um, so I think I'm trying to, think it through, you know, cause I'm, I'm being very sensitive to what that means and being responsible, so to speak to, you know, someone's life. Um, so that's in the future, but for now, just motivating, talking, I am actually doing a free journaling challenge starting Monday. If anyone okay. Um, so the registration is in my, the link is in my bio. It's free. Um, just kind of to go with the book because I know people want to do it, but then they don't want to make that type of investment because they're not really sure. So it's just a beginner. It's just a couple of tips and techniques on how to get started. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll share that on my Instagram. That's something I love sharing on these podcasts are tangible and realistic things that people can do, you know, not just like, Oh, you should journal. Like no one's going to do that. But if you're like, let's start together for five days on Monday, that's easier to create a habit than just like, here's what you should do. So I love that (laughs) idea. That's great. Okay. One more thing I want to ask you. So now like you've lost your parent at 12 and 21, and now you're in your thirties. What is grief for you like now versus at the beginning when it was such a dark time for you? Like, how do you handle your grief now? Do you just like embrace the bad days? Like what are, what is that journey like for you? then versus now? Um, that's an excellent question, Jamie. Um, there are certain triggers. So example, Mother's Day, I think will forever be a hard balance because it's like, I am a mom and I deserve to be celebrated, but I don't have my mom. (laughs) So it's like, I have a daughter who wants to like shower me, but then I'm like, I want to shower my mom because that's what I used to do. So days like that, it's a tug of war. Um, birthdays, I've gotten better with birthdays. 
Um, this, so I actually use, I did a mindset shift. I actually use my mom's birth, pardon, excuse me, not birthday, anniversaries, wrong word. I use my mom's anniversary to launch the book because Aww. I wanted to make it a positive instead of being depressed. So it's like, well, Kanisha, you got to, you got to post and you got to go live and you got to do, so I got things to do. And it's not always healthy to like be busy, but mm-hmm. I've reached a point where being busy is okay. And so that was my mindset shift. Instead of being really, really sad, I made it about a celebration. Um, so I released the books in her honor. Um, birthdays are, are like birthdays are okay. Holidays is the trigger for me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas is tough. I don't like to hear Christmas music. There were certain songs that were like our favorites. Um, I won't put up the Christmas tree because that's something she and I did together. Wow. Um, like my husband and, and my daughter, they'll do it. And then, and if they don't do it, I could care less. Like we could just put presents against the, the door for all I care. Um, so something like that is tough, but on the other, like regular days, there'll be moments where I, if we're watching something and somebody's parent has passed away, I'll think about them. Or if I'll hear a song that, you know, was, that's a memory you know, it's not as bad as it used to be, yeah, but yeah. I definitely still have a thought like, oh, I'm sad. Yeah. And then I'll kind of move through it. One thing I think that's great advice, setting boundaries. Like you don't feel like guilty or like you have to set up the Christmas tree. Like you're like, I know this is not healthy for me, so I'm not going to do that. And I think that's something I learned after a few years of like, I don't need to please anyone by going to this because I feel like I have to. <laughs> And I think it's good to set boundaries and like, who the fuck cares if someone's offended or hurt? Like it's what's best for you. Yeah. Even like, and I don't mean like who the fuck cares about my mother-in-law. Even like mother's day, I'm very like, I do not want to go and celebrate your mom. Like we'll maybe go the day before or like the weekend after. Right. But that day I just like need to be with myself kind of thing. And, and that's still tough too. Like I, um, in the past, I think this year I was actually okay, but in the past, like, I can't, I, w- I wouldn't be able to actually type the words like happy Mother's Day. Mm. Like, you know, if somebody would send it to me, I w- and I know that they're a mom, I would say, you know, same to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't say happy, ma- I can't say happy, like just the, the physically just typing it is just, it's a trigger. Yeah. Um, Father's Day, like the Father's Day is better now, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just tough. You know, you, you, then it's like you're at this age you are older like think you're 37 like grow up almost like you can celebrate your uncle he's a father but it's like you ain't got your own father so (laughs) so it's it's a hard balance of being respectful but then also managing your own boundaries like you say um i've got a cousin who careless like she tells me all the time like don't do it and i'm like yeah but that's wrong she's like don't do it (laughs) i'm like but that's wrong yeah you know, it's like, it's my uncle. Why would I not tell him that? It's my grandfather. Why would I tell him Happy Mother's Day? Yeah. You know, so it, it kind of teeter-totter in there. Um, but all in all, you know, things, they, obviously, it's, it's better, for sure. Who was your biggest, like, I don't think cheerleader is the right word, but who was your best support system when you were grieving? Because I think that's also important. I was someone when my mom first passed away. I kept everything. I just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to be like yeah. the buzzkill in the room. And so <laughs> I didn't talk about it a lot. And once I opened up to people, I, I was shocked how much better I felt. 
So did you have like a support system that you really trusted that helped you get through those dark times? Yeah, for sure. Um, So it's funny. The person I've been referring to, I keep saying cousin, like that's not what we call each other. We say sisters, but Mm. I have to be cognizant that like when I tell my story, I tell you that I'm an only child. So then yeah. we come back and say sisters, like, well, didn't she just say that? <laughs> so like even had to train my mind to say cousin, because <laughs> we are cousins. Um, but now that I've gave that disclaimer, my sister. <laughs> um, so no, so she's my cousin and, you know, she, she was at, well, she wasn't at the hospital when my mom passed, but, you know, she came to visit and she promised my mom that, you know, she would take care of me and be there for me. And she's two years older than me. So she's, so she's like a big sister. And that's beautiful. She just got married and I had to brave through this pandemic um, for her wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Got on a whole plane, went out the country. (laughs) Oh shit. Wow. I I put my life on the line for my sister. (laughs) Good for you. But hands down, um, yeah, she's she's my rock for sure. I am hers for sure. Um, but yeah, she's one person solid, hands down. Um, yeah. And then her mom, which would be my, my mom's sister, which is my aunt, um, she's been a constant all the way through and through. She's, she's actually the one who took me to the hospital when I commit, well, tried to commit suicide. Mm. Um, so she's been a constant in my life. Um, I had a paternal grandmother who my best friend, um, fortunately she passed away three years ago. That now see that grief right there. That's still with me. I, I ain't over mm-hmm. that one yet. Cause literally from six months on, like I never went to daycare. I was with my grandmother wow. forever. Her shadow. I mean, I was literally nicknamed her shadow. Mm-hmm. So losing her now that opened up some wounds that were just, I wasn't ready for. Um, Wait, I what do you mean? Well, I told my husband, I told him before, I, like as her health was, a con- she's the reason why we moved to Atlanta because okay. I wanted to get closer to um, Kentucky, but I didn't want to go back to Kentucky. And so I just wanted to be able to drive because it's 16 hours from Miami. I'm never driving that. Again. No. Um, so she is really the reason why we moved to Atlanta because it's six hours to Kentucky from there. And so I told him, I said, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm like, it's, I've had a bandaid over my heart mm-hmm. and you're going, it's like ripping it off when she dies. And that's how I felt. Like it was really, really tough. It's still really tough right now. Um, for her, you know, well, losing her, you know, cause it just don't feel right. It just feels like she was supposed to be forever. Like, it's wow. like, I can, I can deal with my parents. Like they were my parents, but like my grandmother was like, she's supposed to be mortal. Like she's just supposed to be. <laughs> wow. And so, Yeah. So like that relationship was extremely close. And so she, I mean, she was my rock for sure through everything. Stayed with her, lived with her. Um, heck, she, not wheelchair bound, but, you know, has been through heck of a lot of stuff and was able to fly down to Miami when I gave birth to my child. And mm. like, so when you say a support, like my grandma, my paternal grandmother, hands down. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a support. But to wrap it all up, yeah, for sure. You got you everyone has to find somebody that you can confide in. It doesn't have to be a family member. It could be a close friend. Um, but you need somebody that you mm-hmm. can just take the mask off and just let it be. Cause if you mm-hmm. don't, 
telling you, holding that stuff inside is not good. I, um, I suffered with ulcers for a while because I would hold in everything. And then I don't know if, you know, you got that strong friend title, Jamie, but I know I do. And yeah. it's like, they, everybody comes to you and they just think because you have survived everything that you are strong and nobody asks you how you're doing anymore. Mm. Like if you are that person, like continue to check on your friends who may be grieving that you know has lost a loved one. Like just texting them, Hey, how are you doing? You want me to drop you off some food? You know, you want me to bring you a bottle of wine? Like just doing those things makes a wonder of difference. Like don't be afraid to say something. And I think that's what a lot yes. of people, I mean, obviously be respectful. This is actually what I'm going to do. I'm, I plan to host a workshop in the next couple of weeks, helping people how to help people who are grieving because yeah. there's there so many like things that you should not be saying <laughs> you should be doing, but people don't know, you know, if they've never been here, they think that, well, your loved one's in heaven now. I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're in a better place. Hey, so what? No, they're supposed to be here. Like stuff like that. People just don't know they're not supposed to say that. And yeah. so bring it back around. Yeah. It's okay to check in. It's good for you to check in. They feel left by themselves when you stop checking it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something I've also been surprised with this podcast is my friends that haven't lost anyone or like, I've learned so much of how to like talk to and I didn't even think about Mother's Day being hard for you and like stuff like that. So you're yeah. right. Like people just don't know, but oh man, there's so many wrong things that they say. <laughs> so many. <laughs> and just like ignoring it does not help either. That's my biggest yeah. pet peeve. Yeah. Just ask. Just yeah. keep it simple. You know? Yeah. Keep it simple. Um okay before we wrap up because I checked off everything. So do you have anything (laughs) else that you wanted to talk about or go over? No, I'm good. I am appreciative of this time and to share. It's been very refreshing, Jamie, (laughs) to be able to have conversations like this, but still, you know, share the truth, share what's Mm -hmm. real, share how to get through this. Um, If you are listening and you find yourself, unfortunately, in this, in this club um, of having lost a parent or maybe you lost a child, a spouse, a sibling, and, you know, somebody goes close to you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to share. Yeah. And like I said before, um, I'll put your Instagram page and everything on my Instagram and in the show notes. So if anyone wants to connect with Kanisha on losing a parent or multiple parents, however you want to say it, um, please, I'm sure you would love to hear from people. Your page seems Absolutely. very Absolutely. I'm, I'm very open. I, I, hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm, you know, maybe to get to a point where popular, but I'm not worried about that. I, I'm here to serve. And so if you got a question, shoot me DM. It's fine. I love it. <laughs> All right, Kanisha. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you everyone for listening. I will talk to you soon.